What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, we're gonna be running through my top 36 week four running back rankings. So just starting off my positional rankings here. Before we do jump into the top 36, if you guys have any questions, it could be start sit, waiver wire trade advice, drop those down below. I'll be getting back to every single person. And then all I ask is that if you guys do enjoy the content or you're dropping a comment, just do me a huge favor and hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, subscribe to the channel. It definitely does help me out a ton but let's jump into the rankings. And just in general, the running back position as a whole for fantasy has been pretty brutal to start off the season. I mean, even from like top to bottom, like your elite options like CMC, Jonathan Taylor, they haven't been terrible, but they're not giving you that elite ceiling that we've really been looking for. And then like your borderline RB1s, you just see a lot of running backs really falling in value here. So we'll see how I kind of navigate this top 36. I'm still sticking to a lot of the big names, but we do have to kind of filter in some of these new surprise options who are definitely jumping up the weekly rankings. But starting off at number one here, I have Saquon. I feel like you could give this spot to Saquon, CMC, Jonathan Taylor, whoever you want to give it to. Saquon really has been the guy who's performing at a very high level and translating it into fantasy production. He's also going up against the Bears. Not exactly a difficult matchup there. And then per usual, you know, I say this for basically the running backs and the wide receivers. Don't get too caught up on like how I rank the top 10. Because in reality, unless you're in like a four-team league, you're starting anyone who's a top 10 running back. I put more of my time and effort on like your running back twos, you know, your high-end running back threes, because those are really the players we're going to have to be making decisions on. So following Saquon, I have Christian McCaffrey. He's been super solid on the ground this year. The receiving work is what's lacking. I think in general, it just comes down to the incompetent coaching and then Baker Mayfield also just being brutal. One thing to point out is that he did miss Wednesday's practice with a thigh injury. I do believe he missed a practice last week. I don't think it was a thigh, but you know he was all good to go. This isn't something I'm concerned about, but since it is Christian McCaffrey and we know the injury history, everyone's going to blow this out of proportion. And then Jonathan Taylor, I have at number three, another guy who missed practice on Wednesday with a toe injury. I have the same level of concern here with JT. This isn't something that seems to be overly serious. At the time I'm recording this, we haven't heard any like super negative reports on it. So I still think he's, you know, a dude you lock in as a high end running back one. Then at four and five, two players that I think are by lows at this point. Leonard Fournette at number four, Joe Mixon at number five. Now, it may seem a little bit crazy to rank these guys this high when we're just looking at, you know, fantasy production so far this season, because to be honest, you know, when you're looking at where you drafted them, they've both definitely probably qualify as bust so far, but we got to look at the bigger picture. Both of them are getting massive workloads. So the workload is there. They just need to get into the end zone and they just need to have a little bit of a bump in efficiency. I think both of those things can happen. So I'm chasing the volume. I'm not chasing, you know, crazy efficiency or, you know, unsustainable touchdown production. I think both of these guys are going to turn it around and I think they're very solid starts this week. Then at number six, I have Nick Chubb because they really solid matchup against the Falcons. My issue with Nick Chubb long-term is I think that once we start getting into games where they're going to go down early on, it's definitely going to hurt him but he's had a nice stretch of matchups early on in the season where they've been super competitive or they've been ahead. So you really have been able to see that, you know, full Nick Chubb skill set. So he's a locked in mid-tier running back one. Uh, Najee Harris, I have at number seven. People seem to be souring on Najee a little bit. I still think he's a running back one rest of season. He has a solid matchup here against the Jets. So expecting big things out of Najee. Then at number eight, I have Aaron Jones. He's going up against the Patriots. I feel like Aaron Jones is another guy that people are kind of panicking on here. 
he's had what one down game in their uh, season opener where AJ Dillon kind of you know outproduced him, and then in week three he had a brutal matchup against the Buccaneers. I'm not panicking on Aaron Jones. We just got to look at this wide receiver room. There's nothing going on there. You know maybe you like Dobbs or you know maybe you like Al Nazard, but let's be real. If you like Dobbs, it's because you know solid rookie breakout. He's not some stud wide receiver at this point. Aaron Jones is going to be very, very involved in this offense. He's not someone I'm worried about, so he is going to continue to be a running back one for me. Right behind him, I have Derrick Henry, who had a bounce back game. He's going up against the Colts. I think at this point, Derrick Henry's probably more of a back end RB1 than he is a mid to high end option. But, you know, if you were drafting him running back five, running back six, there's really not that much of a fall off here. Number 10 is probably definitely the biggest riser so far in terms of like preseason rankings, and that is going to be Jamal Williams here at number 10. He is a strong match against the Seahawks. It seems very likely that DeAndre Swift is going to miss this game. We saw what Jamal Williams could do in a game where Swift was, you know, limited. Now you just totally take Swift out of the picture. Jamal Williams is going to have a big workload. The Lions are going to put up points against the Seahawks defense, and I do think he's a locked-in running back one play this week. If you had him on your bench, picked him up off a waiver wire, you have him on your team to play him this week. So get him in that lineup. I think he'll definitely produce for you. After him, I have Delvin Cook. So he is a tough matchup going up against the Saints. And Delvin Cook, I do think he's going to play. He did suffer a uh, shoulder injury, left the game in week three. Seems like something he's worked through. He'll be able to play. So I think he's a decent, you know, back end running back one this week. At number 12, I have Alvin Kamara. I guess kind of continuing this trend of these running backs who have underperformed so far. I've also seen a lot of people seem to be worried about Alvin Kamara. For me, I'm not super panicked. I still think at the end of the season, he's going to be a top 12, probably top 10 running back. He has been limited in practice this week with a rib injury. That's the same one he missed uh, week two with and then was questionable heading into week three. I'm guessing this is just like a pain tolerance thing. They're not trying to, you know, you know, they don't need Alvin Kamara out there taking full practices every single week. He's a veteran. They just need to get him to uh, Sunday to play. Now, going into the uh, running back twos, I guess you would call them running back 13 to running back 24, we're going to start off with Austin Eckler, who is really falling off here, and even in a great matchup against the Texans. Like, heading into week one, if you told me, like, Eckler going up against the Texans, where are you ranking him? I feel like he's got to be locked into the top three. His usage has been wildly concerning, and this is honestly one of the things I was a little bit concerned with heading into the season, where we saw this massive year from him last year, but he did it on 20 touchdowns, and so there really wasn't much room to go up for him. The only way you know his usage could kind of switch up is he loses those opportunities. That's what we're seeing. The goal line work is no longer going to Eckler, and as a whole, this offense hasn't been you know insane, so the touchdowns haven't been there for Eckler. If he's not getting the goal line work, it's concerning. It's also concerning when Justin Herbert's banged up. They lose Rashawn Slater for the rest of the season. So things are definitely trending in the wrong direction here for Eckler. I still think he's a fringe running back one, but he's definitely someone who has taken a big, big hit. I'll probably dive uh, deeper into Eckler in maybe tomorrow's video. I think I'm going to do like biggest fallers. So Eckler will probably appear somewhere on there. You know, a little spoiler alert. Uh, and then at 14, I have a huge riser, and that is James Robinson. At this point, you just got to give James Robinson his flowers. He's legit. He's going to be getting the uh, running back one workload for the Jaguars, and the Jaguars offense looks solid. So early on, I was a little concerned, you know, if this is a bad offense, ETN's taking third down work. You know, James Robinson is now kind of a grinder, a goal line guy on a bad offense. 
but it's no longer a bad offense. This offense is solid. So I do think he's locked in as a high-end running back too this week. Then I've got Javante Williams right behind him. I've got this tier with Robinson, uh, Javante, and James Conner. I feel like all these dudes could be flipped around. Javante, he's going to definitely break out more when this offense clicks. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but the Raiders definitely don't have an incredibly strong defense. And then for James Conner, the usage has been there. He's been a little bit banged up. I still like James Conner long-term. I've got A.J. Dillon coming in here at 17. He just looks like he's going to be a strong running back to play flex option every single week. Then I have Cordero Patterson at 18. I'm probably a little bit lower than consensus on Cordero Patterson. Nothing against him. You know, he's just coming off of a massive game. We saw huge production week one and week three. Week two was kind of like his down game. For me, the concern I have is the last two weeks, we have seen pretty limited receiving involvement. And so one of those weeks, he went crazy on the ground. I don't know if that's something we can trust on a consistent basis. So that's why I'm a little bit, you know, more reserved on my Cordero Patterson ranking. But I mean, from where you drafted him, like mid uh, RB2 is definitely, you know, getting your money's worth there. I've got Jeff Wilson coming in here at 19, basically like the only actual running back that the 49ers want to give the ball to. It's clear they don't trust anyone behind him. Obviously, Debo is going to get a few carries here and there, but the rest of the opportunities are going to Jeff Wilson. Then I've got Josh Jacobs here at 20. The utilization has really been solid for Jacobs. I feel like I say this in every video, every running back rankings video, every start set. I'm like, the usage is there. It just hasn't really translated to top fantasy production. He had a nice receiving day on Sunday. I think he's a very strong running back to play in your lineup. And then here at 21, I have, I guess, two names. So I have David Montgomery and I have Khalil Herbert. Right now, David Montgomery is listed as day-to-day, but it seems to be this weird situation where he could play on Sunday. But then uh, I forgot if it was the GM or the coach, but someone with the Bears like didn't also rule out the possibility of him going on IR. So maybe they don't exactly know what's going on with him. I just have these guys sharing a spot here. I would say that if Montgomery plays, this is probably where Montgomery would slot in. If Herbert uh, is the starter and Montgomery is out, I think you could argue pushing Herbert up a few spots just because I think if Montgomery is out, Herbert's going to have a workhorse role. I think if Montgomery's in, it's going to be much more of a split backfield. So just something to watch here moving forward. 22, I have Antonio Gibson. This really could be the last week we're getting of Antonio Gibson as the starter. Brian Robinson due to come back in week five. I would have already sold high on him if you can, but I still think this week he'll be a back end running back two. Kareem Hunt at 23, just a very strong, you know, week to week running back two play. Then I have Ramondre finally breaking into the top 24. With Ty Montgomery on IR, Ramondre's usage has definitely taken a big jump up. He's getting the receiving work, he's splitting touches with Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson is definitely the running back to own in this backfield especially now with Mac Jones gone, we're probably going to be less reliant on touchdowns here. And so if Ramondre does have that receiving workload, that's going to be big for fantasy. Then into the running back threes, we've got Ezekiel Elliott here at 25. Finally saw him get into the end zone. I think once Dak comes back, we can start looking at Zeke as a RB2 play. But until Dak is back, when the offense is likely not going to be putting up a ton of touchdowns, I think he's more in this RB3 range. Right after him, I have Brees Hall, and it looks like Brees Hall is starting to emerge as the number one there. He uh, outsnapped Michael Carter for the first time all season. He was taking third down work. He was taking the short yardage situations. He was getting the valuable touches in that offense. 
I think he's just going to continue to expand on this role. I think he's going to continue to separate himself. So I do like Brees Hall here as a high-end running back three. Behind him, I have Miles Sanders going up against the Jaguars. Could be a semi-solid matchup here. Miles Sanders is just a pretty like low-ceiling play because he's not super involved in the receiving game. He's getting decent volume on the ground, but when you have a quarterback who vultures touchdowns and also just an offense that's had a ton of big plays where they're not necessarily on the goal line a ton, it definitely limits his touchdowns. Like I said, limited receiving work. So he's just getting a lot of work on the ground, but it's not someone you're like super hyped to have in your lineup. Like he's totally startable, but he's not someone you know you're loving. At 28, I have Damian Pierce. I've talked about my concerns with Damian Pierce moving forward. I still think he's startable 100%, but he is someone I'd be willing to sell high on. If you guys remember what I was saying about James Robinson earlier in this video, where I kind of thought he was going to be, you know, this early down thumper, goal line guy on a bad offense, and now he's not. Damian Pierce is that. Like, that is his role here. This is not a Houston Texans offense that's going to come out and pull what the Jaguars did and be like a plus unit. They are going to be bad. I'm pretty confident in that. Damian, why do I keep saying Damian Harris? I keep thinking Damian Harris. Damian Pierce, he uh, he's not going to be getting the receiving work. So when we have a bad matchup against the Chargers, last week against the Bears, he could thrive because they were in the game. They were leading at some points against the Chargers. I think it's unlucky that they're going to have a lead. So they may be pivoting more to Rex Burkhead this week. After Damian Pierce, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire here at 29. Just a brutal matchup against the Buccaneers. This kind of seems like the time where Clyde Edwards-Alaire could have a big fall off. He's a guy that I've been talking about as a sell high, I think for the last three weeks, maybe. I think I had him in my first video. I think he was in the third one here. Maybe not. But um, he's definitely someone who's thrived on efficiency, thrived on touchdowns, doesn't really have a ton of volume, and that does not translate well against his Buccaneers offense because he's going to need that touchdown to produce. This is a super tough run defense. And like I said, I don't think that efficiency is going to keep up. So if his value is going to get knocked down after this game, I think it could kind of stay lower than it was heading into this week. At 30, I have Tony Pollard. Just like with Zeke, I think Pollard's going to benefit with Dak coming back. But right now, he's a mid-tier running back three. I've got Damian Harris at 31. Kept wanting to say his name for Damian Pierce, but here he is. I talked about Ramondre being the guy to own. I think Mac Jones going down probably hurts Damian Harris. Maybe they go a little bit more run heavy, but Damian Harris is a guy who does thrive on touchdowns. So that's kind of the concern there. If this is the worst offense, the touchdowns may not be there. At 32, I have Devin Singletary. He's not a guy I'm overreacting to after his massive game. I think it's probably more of a positive outlier. We're looking at what he's done the first two weeks, the rest of his career. I think he's a back end to mid tier running back three. And then I have Chase Edmonds at 33. Chase Edmonds at this point really just seems like you're shooting for a rushing touchdown, which is basically the exact opposite of what I thought Chase Edmonds would be this year. Like, I feel like he'd be a low touchdown guy, um, getting a ton of receiving work. That's not how they're using him. That usage could switch up just because it doesn't seem like it makes much sense. You would think that would be Mostert's role, but, you know, who knows? Right now, I don't think he's super reliable. So back end running back three. Then I've got Daryl Henderson here at 34, and I'll just throw Cam Akers in there at 36. So we did see Cam Akers have the better game in week three, but when we really dive into the usage, Henderson was getting all the third down work, all the two-minute drill work, and he actually got more goal line snaps. So I don't exactly think the actual fantasy finishes really reflects the usage. Now, it's possible that usage shifts up because it has the last three weeks. Or, you know, from week one, it was different in week two, then it was a different in week three. So we don't know what to expect here. 
general thing I'd follow is probably hope to not have either of these guys in your lineup. It's kind of the best I can do for you. And then 35, we've got Michael Carter going up against the Steelers. I talked about Brees Hall, how he's starting to kind of pull away in that split. Maybe not pull away, but he's starting to lead. I think Michael Carter is just going to continue to lose work over time and is going to become more and more unstartable in the future. So those are my top 36 running backs. If you guys did enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll be going through my top 36 wide receivers today also. So go check those out if you guys are interested. But thank you for stopping by and I will see you guys in the next one.